You are listening to another DX Talk. Delivering vital knowledge that empowers leaders to drive transformational change in their businesses. Brought to you by Quantum, facilitators of future-focused operating models that balance people, processes, and technology towards a new way of working. Welcome to episode 12 of DX Talks. My name is Russell, I'm your host, and today we're talking with Liam Dallop. Liam is a customer experience automation and conversational AI evangelist who has worked with many Fortune 1000 organizations to transform their customers' digital experience. We have a quick message from Quanton, and then we'll start today's conversation. The way the world works is changing and organizations need to change with it. At Quantum, we transform your operating model to a new, future-focused way of working by helping you build internal capability and find the sweet spots where automation can have the biggest impact on your business with quantifiable benefit. To find out more, visit quantin.co.nz. Liam, welcome. Thanks for having me. Perhaps for context, we can start, uh, if you want to give us a little bit of an overview around who Pipestream are and what problem that you help businesses solve. Yeah, absolutely. So Pipestream actually is, was created to do something that sounds quite simple. Uh, if you think about over the last five years, big companies that were born in this digital economy, companies like Uber, Netflix, Amazon, Lemonade, Insurance. These digital first companies came into the, the world about five years ago and cannibalized and took millions and millions of dollars of market share away from big companies. And what's happening is those legacy companies that are, they're still trying to catch up and figure out how they can create digital self-service that's amazing, kind of like Uber or Netflix, and do it in a way that you know, all their legacy systems can be connected. And so Pipestream is actually created out of the fact that businesses needed to be more like Lemonade and Uber and Netflix in terms of how easy it is to digitally self-serve. And they needed a full end-to-end -end, you know, technology and professional services team to deliver that. And so we provide those services out of the box to transform legacy companies into digital first companies in just a matter of weeks. I think you've raised a really, really interesting point. You talked about legacy companies having to transform to a digital first approach because they're having to compete with businesses who are born in a digital first environment. Are you seeing businesses successfully transform themselves and, and successfully make that leap? Or are you seeing businesses held back and struggling to overcome that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, we see a little bit of both. Some organizations, they want to take what we call a, you know, a crawl, walk and run approach. But other organizations are ready to move forward and just go all in on this transformation. Technically, we've done it. Um, we've done it for a number of companies who just wanted to lean in 100% and transform their brand digitally. Others wanted to you know, put their toe in the deep end and maybe try out automation in a specific business unit. And then based on the success of that, have grown slowly over time. You know, The building blocks that are fundamental to having successful automation that are outside of our control are typically, you know, the business's propensity to expose data, to make data available to these AI companies, Pipestream being one of them, 
because automation is really just about as good as the data that it can consume. So one of the biggest issues or roadblocks that we've seen to full transformation is a company's ability to provide real-time access to data. Because at the end of the day, you know, the reason why a customer would pick up the phone, and in my opinion, you know, by the time a customer's picked up the phone, um, you've likely failed them, unless their reason for picking up the phone was something very personal or uh, empathy required. Um, and by the time they've done that, you know, what they're really doing is just calling somebody who's accessing data, when really the, the best solution would be just enabling that customer with their own data in a way that's branded, in a way that's personalized. And that's a really big challenge for a lot of companies. I think that's a great point. And for anyone who's listening to this episode for the first time, perhaps jump back one episode to a conversation with Ken Grow, where we were talking exactly about that challenge around making data accessible. If I come back a step and you said um, that there are companies you believe who are successfully making that, that leap to becoming digital yep. first. One of my observations recently is that the businesses who um, at least that I'm talking to, who seem to stand a chance of doing that. The consistent factor for me is they all have massive transformational visions. And part of that massive transformational vision, they are prepared to disconnect from the current operating model. They're not, they're not stuck on that model. They're going, this is what I'm here in this world to achieve. This is the difference I'm going to make. And, and I'm prepared to, prepared to completely change what I do in order to achieve that. And those are the ones who who seem to be moving at a faster rate towards transformation. Is that an observation you share? Absolutely. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. I mean, so many customers that I work with, they think about automation and artificial intelligence through the narrow lens of cost savings, which I think is a mistake because really you should make the investment in automation and artificial intelligence because it's actually going to make your customer experience better and more intelligent and faster. And if you can crack the code on that, the savings will come. Actually, more importantly, the revenue will come. Yeah. You will be able to competitively differentiate yourself so much that you'll be able to drive new users. Again, going back to the Uber example, right? People use Uber because it's easier than calling a cab. I mean, at the, at the highest level, that's really the reason. It's simple. You, you hit one button and it's there. How do we, transform the painful phone call to your cable company or internet provider to make a payment or get a bill explained by turning that into a tap or turning that into a swiping gesture or some sort of visually compelling experience that can be pushed to everybody's device wherever they are 24 7 365 that's the way we're thinking and at the end of the day that's what customers want that's what they've come to expect from the businesses that they work with and listen you know the whole cx journey has its moments for humans, but it has its moments for artificial intelligence in which the AI will outperform a human. Like an AI can query millions of data sets in a millisecond. It would take me a week to be able to figure that out, right? So there's, there, there's certain times where you need to look at your journey and decide where is this type of technology going to help my customer experience and drive meaningful engagements, and where is it not? Let's start bringing this back a little bit more to conversational AI. So conversational AI, it's, it's not a new technology. If we think about natural language processing, it's, it's actually been around since the 70s or 80s, been in businesses in, a, I'd say, since the 90s in basic and, and evolving forms. Probably the way that the market is most familiar with conversational AI is in the form of chatbots. And so when we think about chatbots, I have two questions. How has 
conversational AI evolved beyond chatbots and why is that fundamental? And there's a flow on from that. Where do you see conversational AI going in the near future? It's a great question. Um, you know, at Pipestream, we consider the word chatbot kind of like the word Voldemort. You're not supposed to say it. Um, and the reason why is because most people or most companies who have quote unquote chatbots haven't taken the time to build them and integrate them in a way that drives true, meaningful self-service. And what I mean by that is, you know, any of the listeners can probably relate to the fact that if you go to any retail clothing website or any retail e-commerce site, there's typically a chat box in the corner, but all it's really doing is just conversationalizing publicly available data that's already within the website itself. And at the end of the day, my generation, generations before me, and even generations after me, don't need help navigating a website. They need help with something that requires meaningful design and meaningful integration, AKA, where's the status of my order? Or do you guys have this shoe in size 11 and red? Or, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, do you guys, can you guys um, give me a refund or can you send me the return shipping label? All these things, 99% of the chatbots out there aren't able to do. And so why would you want to create a technology that can't solve most or 90% of the problems your customers have? That's where we're evolving to. And that's what, you know, Pipestream's focused on is this, this, this concept of, you know, people, things need to be completely personalized and completely relative to Liam to Matt, to Jimmy, to John, to Jenna, to Jenna, whoever it is, everything we need, everything we do needs to be focused around who they are and what data we have about them and how we can create a more meaningful experience for them and make it super effortless and easy to accomplish whatever the task may be. So if we know that Liam has ordered a pair of shoes last week and now he's clicking on the, the chat and he's already authenticated, we should say, hey, Liam, are you here to check on the status of your order? Because there's a 95% chance that that's probably why I'm there. And that's going to delight and create this amazing experience that you're, you're going to want to keep coming back to. Because no one wants to spend 10 minutes figuring out the answer to this problem. They expect it to be instant. In the same way they do with all those digital first companies that we've mentioned many times. So that is where I, I, I call it the difference between knowledge-based bots and transactional bots. That leap to transactional, right, to integrated, to personalized is where if you're not investing in it now, your business is at risk because Silicon Valley is pumping millions and millions of dollars into startups and companies that are already do, doing this and they're taking away your customer every single day simply because it's just easier to do business with them. And that is the ultimate litmus test, right? The, the, the you know, Matt Dixon and the customer effort score is... What, how easy on a scale of one to 10 was it for you to complete your task? Um, and everything we do is laser focused on making it easy. And the other point to hear, um, to keep going, if you'd, if you'd indulge me, is this concept of natural language understanding. Almost every customer I work with, they look at it only through the lens of natural language understanding, meaning how does your chat bot or how does your chat understand like a long sentence? It's actually the wrong question to ask. You shouldn't even force your customers to have to type out a whole sentence. You should actually have a button that they can just hit that almost reads their mind. And not to sound creepy, but it, typically there's one of 10 reasons why someone is, is calling your contact center. It's, again, order status or payments or 
submitting a claim or moving money. So if you have the ability to do the right design and leverage insights and data integrations and analytics to be predictive, you can make that a button instead of forcing them to type out a question. I mean, imagine every time you ordered an Uber, you had to type out a whole sentence requesting what you wanted. No, it's way easier than that. You just swipe once and your car is there. So that's a huge leap from what a chatbot does to what real integrated conversational AI companies are doing. I think there's some really awesome points in there. And, and one of the ones that I want to drive is when I think of conversational AI, like if you think about a chatbot, and chatbots are swear, we agree with that. <laughs> Historically, when you think about that, the channel and the capability of having a conversation were merged. And what we're talking about now with conversational AI is that we've got a capability which is around the interaction and around the conversation, and it's completely agnostic of the channel. So it's now on the not, yeah, sure, put it into a chatbot if that's what's relevant, but equally go put it into emails, go put it into Facebook Messenger, go, go put it into IVR if that's what's relevant to your services. So what you're building is the capability to automate conversations and experiences the way you put it depends on what your business is and, and what's relevant to your audience. Exactly. There's a, a great, another great point in there, and, and you talked, I've said this many times before, and it, it comes out really frequently, that customer experience is now a strategic advantage for businesses. I don't think anyone would disagree with that, but I think what people are starting to wake up to is that competition is now, number one, no longer local, and it's also no longer necessarily within your, your own sector. And what I mean by that, so obviously, uh, yeah, if you're a taxi company in New Zealand or, or anywhere, Uber, who's a global company, they're, they're your competition. But the other piece of that is the customer experience for your organization won't be measured by your, your direct competitors. It'll be measured by best in class. So if people are getting a better experience in a similar kind of a process somewhere else, their question is going to be, well, why is it so hard with you? Why can you not do this better when I can do the same thing over here? And I think that's really, really important for, for businesses to understand. It's a nice kind of segue into another question. So when we're talking about conversational AI, we're talking about automating customer and conversational interactions, but we're also talking about automating the customer experiences. So what would be some of the key factors that people have to be aware of when they approach conversational automation? Yeah, so yeah, it, it's a good question. It's part of the reason why of just you know personally a key business model and strategy that we have is to not just let just leave technology on the doorstep and walk away we refuse to do business with someone who wants us to just sell us sell them technology we only will do it if they're willing to also let our team of experts come in and help them with that strategy the strategy you just mentioned which is how do you think about customer experience like what is the plan and strategy around where we're going to have our customers access this type of, of solution how they're going to access it and you know when in some instances right sometimes you want to complement an existing website or digital customer journey sometimes you want to replace it it really just depends and that's the same question for omnichannel should we expose this to facebook messenger should we expose this to google business chat or apple business chat or or should we do it on text message or should we do it on the ivr right all these things come down to proper planning and and proper really customer and user journey mapping, understanding who is the key demographic. If you're selling you know, women's clothes, you don't need to build a solution for Gary, who's an 80-year-old man. You want to build it for Lin Linda, who is a 45-year-old woman with three kids. And you want to make sure that the tone of the conversation and you know, the way it comes off is all in interest of that person, right? And then, then furthermore, 
if we can use data you know, and be compliant with GDPR and other, and other requirements to be even more custom, you know, that also needs to be brought into the fold. So it's really about looking at the business from a very high level and then zooming in business line by business line, department by department, customer by customer on what specific experiences are going to transform you know, and really, really make this a, a memorable type of experience. And then mapping all of that into the design of ultimately what you have to create. And if you don't, if you skip that step, then you're just another chatbot. You're just another bad IVR that you are trying to press zero and get out of, right? No one wants that. That doesn't help the business. It doesn't help the customer. It doesn't help anyone. It's just actually bad, bad, bad. Um, and so anyone who says, hey, you know, you can turn this thing on in one day and it's ready to go. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust it because nothing that's really good is going to be that easy. But that said, experts who've done it many times, who have the technology that's already been trained on, you know, the top 100,000 different things people say, will be able to give you some shortcuts, but it still needs to be completely customized and designed for the specific and nuanced needs of your business. Yeah, a lot of great points in there. And I really liked the one around starting with the helicopter view, right? No, nothing works yeah. in isolation. And to be fair, I agree with your point. If, if people approach it like that, you, you're probably doomed uh, at, at best yeah. limiting success. If, you know, at worst case scenario would be doing more damage than good. I'm also of the view that in general, technology is becoming more accessible for businesses of all sizes. So my question would be, what would you say is the minimum scale for businesses to effectively leverage conversational AI technology? It's such a good question. You know, I think my answer to be safe is there is no limit, but, but the big, but <laughs> the big, but is here's the thing. If you're a very small business and you're a startup, you have a tremendous advantage because you're now building your organization on technology. That's probably best in class. And most technology that you're building it on is very flexible. It's API driven. It can, you can turn on third party solutions with the flick of the switch, right? Versus if you're a company that's maybe very small and has been around for 15 years and you're still on systems that were built 15 years ago, it's going to be a really hard, you know, journey for you to completely replace that entire, you know, way of doing business with more progressive and mature technologies that will allow you to benefit from conversational AI. So just to go back to my point originally, if you're doing all your business in Microsoft Excel and it's not in a, customer relationship management database that we can access in real time, we're not going to be able to drive very meaningful experiences if we can't access that data. And Excel isn't really, you know, best practice as it relates to, you know, uh, hosting data, right? So it really just depends is my answer. But I think if you're a startup who's growing, you have a unique opportunity to, to be able to benefit from it because there's so many, you know, $5 a month, $10 a month, you know, customer relationship management tools that have APIs that we can, that, you know, not we, but the, you know, the Royal, when I say we, I mean any conversational AI company could hook into and could provide these experiences for, but ultimately, you know, from an enterprise perspective, I think that it, you know, it, it really just, the question becomes how much would a reduction of 25% of phone calls and emails, what would that mean to your business? Asking yourself, what would a 25% reduction in phone calls and emails mean to my business? What would it mean to my business if I could make it extremely easy for people to make payments or, you know, check on statuses or look up different inventory? 
it's hard to quantify to the exact dollar and cent what that will be, but certainly 99% of people would agree that if it's really hard to do that now, certainly making an improvement will, will value the business. And then in our space, you know, we're looking at, you know, if you have 30,000, 40,000 calls a month, then there's a huge opportunity because most people will agree that half or more of those calls are things like simple, easy to automate use cases um, that really should be automated. So I know it's not an exact answer for you, but the truth is that it just depends. I loop back to a point you made earlier. I think one of the most important questions businesses can ask is, what would happen if I made my services and my products available to customers 24 hours a day, seven days a week? What would happen if I gave my customers the ability to order order those services and products at 2 a.m. because that's what works for them? And, and the answer is revenue growth. You've already said it, right? I just, I'm just rehitting on that point. I, I think that's yeah. the, the true opportunity for businesses. I agree. Um, the thing I would note if you're a, relatively speaking, a, a smaller business, in even a, you know, a large businesses, you often, they, they have flatter hierarchies and necessarily less bureaucracy. They can make decisions fast. They can make decisions yeah. easier. So if you are a, you know, what you might think of as a small or a large business underneath the enterprise scale, I, I would say the advantage those, those businesses have, even if they're still working on Excel or even if they've got some of those inhibitors, it's the ability to change them faster. One of the great points which came out in the last episode from Ken Grow was, it's no longer big, it's small, it's, it's fast, it's slow. If you can change your business fast, if you can leverage these technologies, you're going to gain a, a real strategic advantage in the field. You're absolutely right. Like, in fact, you know, a customer came to me and we typically would say they're very small. And he said, and he was willing to pay premium price to get this technology because he knows that he's using it as a growth strategy, not as a cost saving strategy. And I think if you're, if you're thinking about this type of investment as a growth strategy, that's exactly where you want to be because it needs to be that way. Because the benefit of, of generating more customers, I mean, I was reading Shep Hyken's Cult of the Customer, and business isn't about getting customers, it's about getting customers and keeping them. And so by making it easier to do business, by making it personalized and giving people access to information that they want whenever they want it, you're going to do that. And you can maybe make an investment that may be a little bit larger in the beginning, knowing that it's a critical component to your growth strategy. If a business is stepping onto this journey, and I think in general, right, the term AI, it's been around for a while, but it, fundamentally it is still new for a lot of businesses. And how do businesses go about building capability? How do they go about starting to invest in resources and, uh, and driving that change in their business? Yeah, another question we, we, we have to face a lot. Um, it, it depends on what you mean by resources, right? I think the, the, the real debate that we find ourselves in the, in the middle of is the debate of should I build this technology or should I buy this technology? And for I'm sure most listeners on the phone are familiar with the concept. It's pretty straightforward, but it is extremely important to figure out where you, you lie. From my experience, buying the technology, not because I'm you know, into sales or anything, but simply because why not leverage what a company is doing with 100 people dedicated every day versus trying to pretend and start from scratch and do it on your own? I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about what the technology can do. It's about how am I going to get the, the best business results in the fastest amount of time. Time and time again, we have so many customers that come to us after they've tried to build the technology on their own and they failed and they just say, you know what, we're going to completely shift our 
entire operation to you. We're going to have you guys own it. We're going to have you guys build it. We're going to have you maintain it. And it allows us to do what we do best. It allows them to do what they do best and create really nice harmony. But all that said, businesses should invest in customer experience resources. I don't think they should invest in conversational AI specialists. I think they should invest in people who are thinking about the business and thinking operationally about customer experience. It's important to the business, the journey that's required for their customers, because that is, if, if, it's, if it's not already, it will become a C-suite level role. A lot of customers have chief customer experience officers in their executive ranks. And it's because they are really one of the most important positions in the whole company. The representation of how customers experience your brand, how they live your brand, how they talk about your brand at the dinner table are all things that are extremely important um, and ones that are worth investing in. And as part of that, they will help design the strategy of conversational AI and look to different vendors to fill that gap for them as they identify that opportunity. I look back to where you started. I think one of the most important questions that businesses can ask themselves is whatever sector you're in, it's am I a... XYZ business who is enabled by smart technology or am I a technology business you know because who happens to do um, XYZ because to me that's the difference between do I build it or do I go and find people who already have great products if we listen back on this conversation and it has compelled our audience to drive transformational change with conversational AI what three pieces of advice would you give them yeah, I mean, I think number one is before you even look at technology, focus on your strategy. Look at you. No one, no one should ever tell you that they know your business better than you do. You know it innately. You know what your customers are like, what they want, what they don't want. Think about your business. Do a little research. You know, do a little bit of homework and get comfortable with what technology can do. And then with that knowledge you know, set up a committee meeting with some folks that say, hey, we just did an analysis on 50,000 phone calls and 70% of them are people asking this one question. How could we possibly be spending all this money handling these phone calls if we could just enable them with that information in an easier way? And then start over time collecting what are those reasons, those main high volume, low value reasons why people are calling or emailing or chatting with you. And using that, come to vendors with that insight and that intelligence. Because by that point, you've already kind of figured out the business case. You know the value. Now it's up to the vendors to sell to you on exactly how they can fill that void, exactly where they've been proven successful in your industry on that specific use case. You'll have peace of mind knowing that you're about to make an investment with someone that's proven to do it already. And you'll be much more mature in your strategy and exactly what you want to get out of this investment versus just starting from scratch. The second piece would be leverage your data, right? Obvious, but even the, even the most small companies have really valuable data on their users and on website traffic. So as you craft that strategy, lean heavily onto your data to make informed decisions on where um, this type of technology makes sense and what business results you anticipate it to deliver. And then third, survey your customers. You know, ask questions. So like always stay close to your customer and ask them for the feedback they're going to be the ones that are going to tell you clearly and pretty honestly about where there's opportunity, where things could be easy and where you can fill the void. Um, and they'll very much appreciate you asking it. They'll feel emotionally attached to the brand and keep coming back for business. So three somewhat similar, but different and distinct uh, pieces of advice for you.
I love all those points. It's very sage advice. I particularly liked the, the comment on data. It's a strong theme that we've seen coming through. And, and the other point I would add to that is don't just focus on the data that you have. Ask yourself, what data don't I have that I could yeah. access? Because that's often where a lot of the gold is going to start is going to start coming through. So we have mentioned throughout this that you are from Pipestream. Do you want to maybe tell us a little bit more about Pipestream and also where people can reach out to you or where they can find Pipestream if they're interested in knowing more? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, Pipestream is an all-in-one solution to a lot of the business challenges that we outlined today. Um, not by design, but that's really what I'm what I'm specially specialize in. So um, yeah, ultimately, it's a full end-to-end platform that incorporates everything you would possibly need to become a digital-first organization and allow your customers to self-serve across any channel wherever they are. It also includes a team of professionals that are responsible for delivering this technology, integrating this technology, designing this technology, and then over time and forever improving this technology. So it's not just tech, it's just te- it's technology and professional services in all in one success based platform that aligns our incentives with our businesses incentives so that we can only be successful when you're successful. And this has been really a proven methodology to delivering the best business results in the fastest amount of time. Um, to, to learn a little bit more, you know, I would encourage you to check out www.pipestream.com. Lots of rich assets in there, lots of videos to click on and play with. Um, yeah, and give it, give it, give it a look yourself. Uh, if you like it, you can contact us. Uh, we'd be happy to you know, share a little bit more detail. Can people reach out to you directly on LinkedIn, Liam? Absolutely. Please do. Um, my, my Twitter is Liam Delap CX at Liam Delap CX. Um, and please feel free to direct message me on LinkedIn as well. We're going to put those links into the show notes. If you want to watch the full episode, you can find a link to the original, original recording also in the show notes. Liam, one last time. Thank you again for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you all. You were listening to another DX Talk brought to you by Quantum, the future-focused pioneers for a new way of working. To drive change in your operating model through automation or to subscribe for more episodes, visit quantum.co.nz.